this is going to be very... How many of you have been through TOT training of trainers? Okay. You, I'm going to do a no-no. What's a no-no in participatory teaching? Me standing up, preaching at you. And instead of sitting and, you know, the way we normally do it. This session is really designed for people that know something about Che. The reason I say that is this is going to be a time together where people have been doing Che on the field somewhere, and they're going to tell us about a little bit about their programs. So you get a flavor of how Che is being used around the world. So if you want to know how Che works, you need to come back for Terry Dalrymple's section that is... Is it tonight or tomorrow? Tomorrow. Second session tomorrow. If you want to know what are the ins and outs of Che, then Terry will be sharing that. But if you want to get inspired to see does this dumb thing work, you might want to stay. Because the primary purpose is sharing what different people have been doing. Okay? Okay. Who can describe what community health evangelism is in a short nutshell? Can anybody? I'm just testing to see if there's anybody that can because the problem with telling people about what Che is, we're all process people. So we've got to tell you the process the way it works. And you don't do that in five minutes. So that's a problem. But one of the things that we have been working on aggressively is how can you, in a short mouthful, hook people enough that they might say, what's that about? And what we are now using is that what we're involved in, what we say that we're all about in CHE, whether it be in rural international CHE or neighborhood transformation, in other words, urban CHE, primarily designed for here, in North America, but beginning to be used overseas, what we say is that we're all about helping neighborhoods out of poverty and people to maturity in Christ. What's that tell you? Anything? Hmm? Okay, the people that we're going to are impoverished. Yeah. What else? And they're not all believers. Okay, and they all aren't believers. What else? You're dealing with physical and spiritual at the same time. Okay. Physical 
neighborhood, community. Terry, for international, would use the word community. I use in urban setting the word neighborhood. But they're basically pretty comparable in our terminology. So it's reaching out to people to help communities identify what they want to see changed in their community and then equipping them to change those things that they want to change. Now, a key, one of the key things that's new is most times, most people doing development focus on needs. What's your need and what do you guess? What do you get when you ask that question? Hmm? The whole list. That's five miles long. And who do they expect to fulfill those needs for them? The outsider. We are emphasized, and we've always talked about Che from a resource standpoint, but when I say resources, what comes to your mind? Money, yes. People, absolutely. Material, yep. Ah, here's my... Terry, what time are you speaking tomorrow on Che? Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. In this room? Okay, well, look at your thing. But for those of you that want to learn what Che is really about, come listen to him. Yeah, this room. Okay. Um... And we are now focusing much more heavily, particularly in urban Che, on assets and starting with a heavy, heavy emphasis on assets founding in you, individuals, and you, and you, and you, and you. And an asset can be described as a skill, a knowledge, or a passion that you're all about. But... I'm not going to spend time on neighborhood transformation. What we want to do is to tell some stories to each other. So are you ready for that? Now, I've asked a few people to share, but it doesn't have to be confined to those few people. Terry, I'll let you tell your story first, since you're the guru of International Che. Are you ready? No, I don't care. I said anyone you want. Which one turns you on? Hmm. And I think you got to... Does this do any... It, it, does it? Okay. All right. Then it's worthwhile. <laughs> I don't need it, but... Yes. Tell them a story about Che, where it's being used. And what its impact. But you can't, you can only get five to seven minutes because I want to get a, a bunch. <laughs> he knows I've got 45 minutes of stories. So oh, he's got more than 45. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure exactly what to do. I'm a, uh, but I, you want me to start with somebody else? No, let me start with just what's happening in Africa. Yeah. I could talk about numbers and things like that. Uh, but just to get a view on what's going on inside, I think that's where you really see the change and the transformation. Um, I was taken to a community in Uganda, and we went uh, by four-wheel drive and stopped on a dirt road and 
got out and the whole community was there waiting for us, lined up on either side of the road, and they took us up in procession into the cathedral, and you've seen this kind of thing happening. But off to the left were uh, the committee members and the chaise, uh, and then to the right were district uh, political, political and, and religious leaders from the district. And right in front of me were 54 children. And then the rest of the community was around these children. And I was curious why the children had been given that place of honor and who they were. And as the story unfolded, as the story unfolded, the um, Chase went into the homes and began to do their work. And as they did their home visits and worked with families, uh, helping them uh, prevent disease and all the things that they do and teaching the Bible, they identified 54 AIDS orphans. Uh, now, AIDS orphans are as you know, sometimes the stepchildren in the home, uh, they're the ones that don't get to go to school. Uh, they're more subject to abuse uh, than uh, the real children in the home. They're often taken care of by sometimes as child-headed households, uh, sometimes as senior adults, sometimes it's an aunt or an uncle. Uh, but these chays got a burden for these children and felt they needed to do something. So they got together, and they reached into their pockets, and they brought out everything they had. And they were trying to gather enough money to buy school supplies to put these children back in school. Now, they came up short, and so they did a little bit of uh, fundraising and got what was needed to get these kids back in school. And then... Every Tuesday night, they would bring the children together, and they would feed them. Uh, they played games with them. They taught them Bible stories. They sang songs. And as the chants visited in the home, they monitored the situation of these children. What's going on? So I've been in other places in Africa, and I've seen the children on the street uh, begging, I've seen the stigma, I've seen the neglect, uh, but in this community, this was an example where the community had come around these children and said, these children belong to us. <laughs> They're ours, and we're going to take care of them. And you could see the transformation in those children's faces, the joy in their eyes, uh, the hope, that had been renewed um, in them. And as I left out the cathedral that day, those children, I'm going to put this down, or, uh, because I'm going to spin around here. <laughs> but these children gathered around me, and they grabbed me everywhere. They were holding on to my leg, and they were holding on to my arms, and holding on to my shirt, and they were singing. They sang, if you're happy and you know it, say amen. And they started spinning me around like this. And it's just a memory that I'll carry with me forever. But here, here were 54 children. And as I looked at that, I thought, that is the solution for AIDS orphans. It's not 
identifying the problem from the outside, blueprinting our solution, building an orphanage, and then trying to sustain it with outside money for 100 years. But it is, it is community-based orphan care uh, and empowering those families to take care of their own and bringing the community around children. And so uh, what am I learning from that? I'm uh, learning, maybe you heard the story about those orphans in Haiti. They tried to get across the border to the Dominican mm -hmm. Republic, and the team was arrested and charged with child trafficking and came out. You know, sometimes with our institutions, we create orphans, I think. Uh, people think, if I can just get my child in there, they're better off than what I have to give them. And, um, so I just thought this was a real solution to orphan care. And I'm excited about that. Is that good, Stan? Very good. Right. Thank Cheers. you, Terry. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, I'm done. I'm no. I want to ask you one question. Yes. I'm testing your memory. Okay. Che was started in Uganda. Did you remember what the latest, which is an old statistic, how many villages Che's being done in Uganda? Do I? Do I? Remember? I'm thinking about 600 villages. Is that? Well, I think it's closer to 400. Okay, 400. Yeah. Okay. 400 being done all across the country and, well, about 12 dioceses because primarily Che is being done, it's been done historically through the Church of Uganda, which is Anglican. Yeah. And, and these are church-initiated programs. Yeah, they're all church-initiated. Well, one of the things we learned from that, I think, is if you, if you have a denomination or a group of churches working in association master trainers can train volunteer trainers in the local churches and coach and mentor those volunteer trainers and multiply themselves and and get to 400 villages without right. increasing the cost of the program. The Congo started about 10 years ago with one church in one place in 1,500 kilometers due east of Kinshasa, in Diamond Country area. Today, Che's being done through multiplication where Che's were trained. They began to use it in their own home. They then began to move it to nearby villages. What is it? 500 and some odd villages now in a geographic area that is 50 square... 20, about 50 miles each way. In other words, not a gigantic piece of geography. So multiplication, both from the standpoint, individual multiplication with Chays, training other Chays, and then moving it into village multiplications taking place. Diana, why don't you come and tell us about a different it, it's Che, totally 100% Che, and what Terry told you about really a focus was HIV that started, but you're coming at it from another side. I work in tandem with Terry, so I'm going to speak for two minutes and she's going to speak for three. 
Okay. Uh, we represent. That's a different Terry, not that one. <laughs> we represent an organization, an organization called the Global Transformation Network. Uh, our focus is disability advocacy. Uh, we've been in Ethiopia for 10 years, and we beat our heads against the wall for about eight years trying to get a sustainable model. Uh, and then we discovered Che. And once we discovered Che and begin to, began to implement what we were doing in the Che way, it just became viral. And within six months of one of the trainings that Terry did, uh, it had gone to uh, the disability advocacy material, had gone to 70 or 80 villages with uh, two Che trained in each of those villages in disability awareness within six months. And we've been working for eight years. So it, it really does work. Um, and the primary principles are transformation, local ownership, self-sustaining, self-multiplying, and for sure using the participatory learning model. Um, we're in-betweeners. We're non-resident missionaries. We train across countries, project sites, and organizations. Uh, we integrate uh, community health evangelism, disability advocacy in a biblical context. And so CHE uh, has just, the, the Global CHE Network has just opened itself up to us and embraced us and uh, encouraged us to create a body of material and training lessons focused on disability. So we now have a disability TOT. Uh, it's about five days. And it is made up of foundational biblical principles, practical applications and adaptations, and things like the causes of disabilities and types of disabilities. The most important part, we believe, are the biblical principles. And just briefly, the first lesson is what is normal, which challenges people's stereotypes. Uh, the second one is we're all made in the image of God, and therefore everyone has dignity, worth, and value. The third one is Christ's mandate to give greatest honor to the least. And the fourth one is disability and suffering. Suffering, is it a curse or a calling? And the summary statement of that lesson is God permits what he hates in order to accomplish what he loves for his glory and our good. And the greatest hindrance to giving the gospel to the disabled is an, is an attitude change, is an attitude, a biased, prejudiced, unbiblical, from the pit of hell attitude towards them. And once you can overcome that attitude, with a proper understanding of the scriptures, the rest of it becomes very apparent to them and they begin to do things. And Terry's going to explain that. Hi, I'm Terry. Terry Graham. Terry D and Terry G. <laughs> um, we've been eight hours south of the capital in Ethiopia and some of these things we have seen that I'm going to share with you and some of the things we've heard back from the field as a result of the training. Um, the, mass, the 21 master trainers that we trained uh, in southern Ethiopia, uh, once they had gained Bible understanding and they were really tough on us, where is this in the Bible? Are you sure that God said this? Um, <laughs> we don't know about this. We've never heard of this. You know, one small group of master trainers, some of whom were pastors, would convince the next small group. And they would end up um, confessing their 
exclusion and neglect of people with disability, they would repent, be on their knees and in tears. It was a very moving situation. Um, we've had a report back that in one of these villages that they went to that Diana spoke about, that one pastor got up and confessed to his whole congregation that he had not understood uh, the, the Bible, that he had you know, rather categorically excluded these people, and he uh, confessed. Uh, in Nigeria, there was a lesson on seizures, and after that was given, uh, one of the master trainers stood up and said, we have believed that people with seizures are witches. We take them outside the village and we stone them to death and said to the rest of the group, we need to go back to our villages and share this information about seizures and stop this practice. Um, in Ethiopia, after a DOT, um, actually during the DOT, we noticed a girl coming into the district denominational capital uh, uh, compound getting water and that she was a Downs um, teenager. And we heard later that this um, district office had hired her and it turned out that she was the primary breadwinner in her family. In, um, we also know that way down in Ethiopia, um, there is a mission training school that is one of the SIM, Kali Hewitt um, uh, training schools, and that um, one of the master trainers who has a particular heart for disability has started to go there and to do some training and teaching, and also to some of the ministries government ministries, not um, biblical ministries. So he's being very clever about how to get that information out. In all of the 14 countries that we have been in or we've had representatives come to ours, we find that shunned, isolated families are being embraced and that kids are no longer hidden and isolated, but they're um, coming out and going to school and going to church. Thank you. Two things that I want to... You've heard a second time the term master trainer. Is that a new or an old term to most of you? <coughs> a master trainer is what that name says. That's a person that's typically not necessarily living in the village... And their role is to train local trainers. And those local trainers come from the village. And it's the local trainers that train the chase. And so it's a step back. But it's a way to build multiplication at the village level much, much, much faster than having one training team work two or three years in this village, get that team up, and chased, trained, and the village changed, and then moved to the next village. So it's a multiplication of, of the whole process. We're doing the same thing in Ethiopia down in the southeast uh, Gadoa zone. And I think, what are there, 12 master trainers or 10 master trainers that have trained about 120 trainers that are is being used now in 120 churches, villages, each church, Kali Haywood Church. So that's one. The second thing is that we had zero, zero training materials on disabilities. I don't think we had one. 
Well, now, as part of the Global Chain Network, they're probably 35 or 40, and they're very productive. So more are coming out, and it really fills a need. And the exciting thing, what we're all about in the Global Chain Network, is getting you guys to write stuff that's you're passionate about. If you're passionate about HIV, start doing some stuff. If you're passionate about emotional, start doing it. They've done it. And so we want to encourage you to think about that. It's not us back in wonderful USA doing all the lessons. It should be people out there doing the materials. You've got the format on the DVD. And if you don't feel real comfortable with the format, Get us the content, but remember, one key thing on content, ask questions that elicit a string of answers. Not, what color is this tag, but describe the guy wearing the tag or something, so that it's a whole list. Okay. How about you, Judy? You want to share? And I'm just picking on people because I know I've kind of preloaded, but that doesn't mean that some of you don't have stories. So if you got a story, wave at me and we'll get your story too. It's just because we're pickable, that's all. <laughs> I'm Judy Fish. I work with CMF International uh, as a CHE consultant, but I was on the field for 10 years, both in East and West Africa. So this is going to be another Africa story. Um, hmm. It is an HIV story as well. didn't start off to be that way. And I started to say, well, ours is a little different, but every CHE plant I think I've ever done, they all take on their own personality. Um, they, according to your need, your culture, your people. So it's, it's go along with that flow, and it's very organic in nature. So um, in, in Ivory Coast... Um, I worked with the CMF team there, and they were primarily church planting, um, but we also had a mission clinic. And in that mission clinic, we were seeing a whole lot of opportunistic illnesses. We didn't have a laboratory at that time. There were two government labs in the town of 85,000 in Abangaru. Um, so we were having to send out our patients that we um, suspected being positive, and they usually came back. They were positive, but we could not get any antiretrovirals um, because they were being confiscated by the higher-ups in the government, black-marketed, and it was just a little bit uh, frustrating for us. And we just kind of threw our hands up to God, and God answered as he always does. And... Uh, sent us a representative from AGPAF, who was our resource at the time. AGPAF is Elizabeth Glazer Pediatric AIDS Foundation. It's around the world. They were had a base in the capital of Ivory Coast of uh, Abidjan, and they were seeing how many patients, positive patients we were seeing, and said, we want to come alongside you. And so they did. They trained our clinic staff um, in HIV uh, counseling and transmission and testing. They built us a laboratory um, and gave us all the antiretrovirals that we could possibly use. 
So that was a God story. Um, and it seemed like when that happened and God opened the door of our clinic, the whole world ran in. Um, at this point, um, the team, the CMF team, had already started out in the bush um, in the village of Bebu of about 2,500. Uh, it was going great guns. Um, the committee was elected by the community, and the Chays were doing great things and did a malaria week-long malaria campaign, and the whole village just looked, even looked, completely different, and there was improved health in the bush. We trained those trainers very quickly, uh, simply because there was a coup going on at the time. We thought we were going to be ousted from the country. So we went through their top one, top two, top three very quickly, uh, which I don't suggest for anybody to do. It was a bit overwhelming. But uh, we remained in the country, and uh, the trainers kept going out to the village and, and checking up on them, and Che was growing, and there was a real transformation in this one village. But at the same time, we were seeing a lot of positive patients in our clinic, well, these positive patients wanted to get together. So we did, and it was a, a support group. Um, and we, we had a Bible lesson. These were, these were Muslim. These were animistic. Um, a number of people came to Christ um, simply because they saw the love that was given through the clinic. But at the same time, they were saying, we want to do something. We don't want people to suffer as we do. We don't want people to be discriminated against. And so the trainers got alongside that and said, we're going to do an HIV check. So who should they train then but our positive patients? They were the most vocal. They were the ones that had more of a vested interest. So there are seven modules. If you've opened up that HIV folder on the JDVD, holy cow. There are seven modules, lots and lots and lots of lessons addressing everything from transmission to um, home-based care to orphans and vulnerable children. And so the trainers then trained our positive patients who then took it out to their own neighborhoods and were teaching door-to-door -door just on transmission, home-based care. And now they're looking at micro-enterprise. Um, usually it's the head of the house that is now incapacitated, so they were using the micro-enterprise lessons sure. as well. Um, and, and Shay just, God blessed it, and grew by leaps and bounds and continues to. So. Thank you. Okay, HIV. <laughs> Primarily of the more traditional single-based training team working with one or two villages. But great impact. But did you? There's a whole bunch of things there. There was agriculture, or there was microenterprise, there was HIV, all kinds. And so that's what you're after: is to be multi-sectoral across. Okay, Dave. We've been. Huh, I didn't plan it this way, but we ended up with three Africa ones. Now we're going to get a Latin America one, I think. Speak, and I believe that. <laughs> um, 
my my story is a little bit different in that we're just starting out with the program. We're, we're I can't give you any story, big success stories that are that are personal. I've seen some, uh, but we're just starting out with it. But one of the things that that really has been a blessing for me is that I was taught Che by a national, and uh, I learned it on the field by a master trainer um, that that works in a regional uh, in, in the regional office of, of Che Global down there. So. It was, it was a really unique opportunity for me to get this whole thing from the perspective of the, of the culture in which I will be working or which I am working. And since then, we, we have done it together. We have trained um, four or five times together uh, and, and trying to get people interested, given vision seminars and then done uh, all, all the talks together. And, and so it's been kind of interesting. But... Uh, one thing that's interesting is I began to do taught in my own community in eastern El Salvador. We brought uh, 37 pastors from 13 different church, pastors and leaders from 13 different churches, and uh, we thought, wow, this is going to be great stuff. And we found out that one of the most challenging things is getting Christians to work together. <laughs> and so uh, sometimes it's better just to go out into the community and and people that have common uh, needs and goals and assets together, then get them to work together than it is to work, get a bunch of denominations to get together and, and do something for the kingdom. And so out of those those uh, 17 different churches, there's three of us now that are still together and we're, we're working together. And uh, when, the, when the mayor heard that we were doing these trainings about how to go into the community, he came up to me one day and he said, uh, would it be possible for a pastor to come and staff uh, an office in the city hall, uh, and and we can use you for, for spiritual counseling for people who need to come. And down there, in order to get married, the, the mayor has to, to sign off on it. He said, could we use your pastor to give pastoral counseling to those who are going to get married? And I'll just say, if you want to get married and you want me to sign off on it, you have to go get counseled. And I said, well, you know, yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> and, uh, and so we did. We occupied that. But then we got a bunch of complaints from the Christians in town saying we were politicizing our church, you know, that, that there was politics involved in our church. And so the mayor heard about that, and he said, well, I'll tell you what. I'll rent you a house, and you guys can start a committee. And why don't you join forces with the police department uh, and those of you that know anything about El Salvador and Latin America, violence is a big big issue right now, so the, the, the police are up to here in, in, in problems. And so they said, join forces with the police department, join forces with the health department, and go into the schools. And recently El Salvador mandated seven minutes every day of reading the Bible before school starts. It's mandated because they've tried everything else to stop the violence, and they thought, well, let's try God. <laughs> and so... As a supplement to that, then as a result of the CHE training that they'd heard we'd had, they said, well, why don't we get the band of pastors together and uh, go into the schools along with the police department and the health department and do that. And so now we are going in actively two to three times a week and, and talking to probably six to 700 kids every week about the Bible. We use the Bible when we go into the schools. We talk about the Bible. And so it's really neat to, to see the way that that is is uh, is growing, but then he says, "How about if we uh, we hire one of your pastors to head up a values and morals commission?" And I said, "Yeah, we'll, we can do that." And so we they've actually paid the salary of one of our national pastors to do 
to head up this whole organization. Then he says, we're going to buy you radio time, and you can say anything you want on that radio station. Uh, and so three days a week, we get radio time to talk about values and morals and community-based health <coughs> education. Uh, and so just uh, about a month ago, I was down there, and they added more hours to the radio. And uh, they said, would you be interested in us purchasing a television station and you guys running it? <laughs> you know, and, and what's so, what is so, um, and, and I'll, I'll shut up here, but what is so exciting about this and yet so challenging for us is that this mayor has had a thir- three-year term. we got one more year to go. And we have no idea how long this door is going to be open for us. And so it's so important for us to take this strategy of, of getting the people themselves so that, it, that it's working so good that the next guy that comes in has to enhance what we're already doing and has to say, I don't know what, what ideas he's going to come up and what God's going to do. But this is just such a, uh, he used Chad to get the foot in the door. Even though we're not really doing it right, uh, he heard that we were doing it and he said, come in and do what you want. Very good. Does anybody have a story that they'd like to share? Terry, I want you to be ready on Bethany Village in India. But, anybody have a story? Okay, come on up. I have many, but I'm just going to show one. and then I'm going to ask Emily to tell the last part of it because uh, she's actually the committee, one of the uh, trainers in country. Uh, we have been working in Kenya since 2001. I've been going, we started working with 48 churches in 2003, um, bringing in, working with children and orphans. I mean, everything Terry was saying, yes, there's so many and they're so displaced and it's horrific to see and you want to help. And so these 48 churches, the pastors and leaders said, yes, we want to, let's do, We need to help for our kids. So we've been working together with them, getting these children education, getting them health care. But the pastors and we were frustrated. The community never seems to get involved. You know, and for years we're going, working along, and the community doesn't seem to get involved. And uh, Nancy and I start writing material to try to get the community involved. And we think, yeah, this is good. We really felt God had put this on our heart to try to develop ways to get the community involved. Then we came to this conference. And the speaker was talking about the peace plan, uh, community health. Then we meet (coughs) Terry and we meet Stan, and they're talking about this program called CHE. We're like, wow, wait a minute. That's what we've been writing. We've been writing some things, and they've already done it. They've already done this work, and they've got volumes of this work. And we said, wow, this must be the way that God wants us to go because he's given the same message to so many people. And uh, immediately then we stop writing, and we say, how do we get this training? And we learn about Judy's training in uh, Canby Camp, and immediately we sign up, and we go. And the first three days, we're like, what is this? Uh, <laughs> the first two days of CHE training, if you're a high-tech per- American person, you just want the fact, my field, uh, before I was a missionary, I was a medical administrator at a hospital, and uh, 
you know, you need the vax. And sitting there for the first two days, we were like, you know, you can't, it's hard. But anyway, it's wonderful at the end. And uh, so we were trained. You could ask how many experienced the same thing. Most of you probably. We were surprised when we did top one in Africa. They, the African, they felt the same way. They were the first, second day, they're like, just tell us what this is. And we're like, wow, they feel it too. Uh, It was great. It was wonderful. We have now gone back to the field. Uh, Over a year ago, we taught top one. And uh, the communities are getting involved. The pastors are like, yes. They're reaching out to the leaders in the community, not just their church members. The whole community is now coming together. They're working together to help the children, to help uh, where my passion is of older widows, uh, widowers that are left uh, in horrific situations and have no one to help them if the community does not uh, come together, they're left helpless. Uh, I'm going to tell, I'm going to end with uh, one story of a little girl uh, who was brought to us for medical care. We did labs on her and her CD4 count was one. (laughs) One. Uh, Which is unimaginable. But we're all going to church. Uh, she had a wonderful witness. She loved Jesus. She was five years old. She led several children in our organization to Christ. Um, we're going to church. We all pile in the back of a pickup truck, little one. Uh, and more kids kept piling in, more kids kept piling in. We're riding in on a muddy, bumpy road. And I'm going to share what Terry did when all those kids are around you. We're riding into church. And all these kids are eating. They all start singing, Jesus loved me, this I know. And I look across the truck to the doctor with me, and he says, for everything else, there's MasterCard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's, we got about two minutes left. Um, two things. Number one, it might sound like Che is an African ministry. It ain't. <laughs> Che's being used in... 93 countries of the world, about 3,500 villages or rural neighborhoods by about 350 different groups like some of these reporting. Not LifeWind, not medical ambassadors, but many different groups from churches to denominations to uh, NGOs, nonprofit, Christian nonprofits. And it's spreading. And the key that we want to see is this whole spread through the Global Che Network. How many of you have been to ChaNetwork.org? Oh, my. Terry. There's go to ChaNetwork.org. That's the Global Che Network, the international network. How many of you would like to be able to draw down lesson plans instead of having to write us to get them? You can on, there are two, two segments to the website. One is for everybody, and then there's a member site, a member portion. And if you've been through TOT, you get access to the member site and you get a password and a uh, login. 
And if you go behind there, there's some tools and stuff that isn't available in front. But there's uh, behind our word lesson plans that you can draw down. And Jody, Jody's not here, but Jody is probably the key lesson plan writer, and we probably add 200 to 300 lessons a year. The stuff that is behind the wall is all word lessons. What's the advantage of a word lesson versus an Adobe lesson for most missionaries? Hmm? You can change it. Because unless you're a rich missionary that's got 500 bucks, you don't have Adobe right. So those are individual lessons. But in front of the wall, we have made manuals, Adobe manuals, on disability. On eight, well, there's seven, as you said, on HIV, on children's things, on microenterprise, on savings clubs. And those are in front of the wall that can be drawn down. You pay for those. The ones behind the wall, the lessons are free. But our stuff is fairly cheap. Uh, an Adobe lesson manual, anywhere from 10 to 30 lessons, is less than 10 bucks generally for the big ones. So that's pretty cheap to draw down. The site is loaded with information under the Learn section. There is a series of 10 videos that are like dramas, role plays, that you can direct people to to see, like the river crossing story. And so a person can click on that, learn something in their own time, and be gone with it. Don't have to go through, you know, long training. Secondly, on the Learn One, there's a series, and we're adding more, of lessons that were done in their Africans, mostly Kenyans, so one or two West Africans speaking about what Che has done for them, their experience, and uh, it's all in Swahili, so we get English subtitles. But there's some good stuff. So all I'm saying is there's lots and lots of materials that will be useful to you to use by going to the Global Chain Network. And also, if you register then, Terry puts out a regular newsletter that's loaded with all kinds of stuff on what Shea is, what's happening, what lessons are new, you name it, it's there. Terry also has a blog. How many of you are fans of Shea on wonderful Facebook? If not, why not? We're on Facebook. Global, it's ChainNetwork.org, right? For Facebook too? Yes, that's the easiest. You're right. Then if you click like at the top, then when reports from J-teams around the world come in, they stream right through your Facebook. And they're probably an average. We do, Terry does Google Alert for community health evangelism, and we probably get at least one story a day, if not more, that then flows to the Facebook. So you can almost be flooded with stories. 
And so there's just, and then Terry started. Yes. So there's, and any of you that are interested in TOTs, you know, on the website, if you go to that, you can find out what, what TOTs are where. But international ones, if we have 25% of the international trainings going on, we're amazed. Yes. Yes. Is that something that can be downloaded from the website? No. Is it, is it on the DVD? Uh, we need, we are going to be putting them on a DVD. Because right, because they're on YouTube, and YouTube you can't legally download. Okay. Unless you got pirating software, and you guys wouldn't want to do that, so. <laughs> okay. It's time to quit. Thank you very much for your time, and Lord bless.